Get ready for the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, your weekly stop-off for everything District 4 athletics in the state of Idaho. My name is Brandon Bainey, and today I'm joined by a guy who is fat and happy-ish, Scott Burton. Scotty, what's up? Dude, I tell you what, man, I don't know how the holidays treat everybody else, but you're like a dang Hoover vacuum when you get in the kitchen, right? And then next thing you know, you've got butt implants on the couch, and then the only time you move is either to go to the bathroom or to put more food down your gullet. And then today's the first day back from work, and I am feeling it. Holy cow. And I'll, I'll tell you, I think I probably need to, to, to reevaluate myself just, just a little bit. But holy cow, I should, have put, I should have put pH fat, you know, at least give myself a little bit of confidence. <laughs> well, there's no better time than the start of the new year to get those uh, workout goals back in action. Uh, a little pro tip for everybody out there that's doing the New Year's resolution thing. Give it about two weeks and then everybody that crowds the gym, that'll, that'll peter out. And then you well, you know what? And the funny thing is, Brandon, I... I built a, my own gym in my garage. I have no excuse whatsoever, none. But you, you would be impressed with the conversation I had today with somebody about this very topic. And the way that it ended was, well, today's Wednesday. You don't start stuff on Wednesday. You start on a Monday, right? So it's kind of one of those things. I'll, I'll stop procrastinating tomorrow. Yeah. So next Monday, we're going to reevaluate and maybe just go, well, you know what? It's still early, early January. It's still cold. I'm still layered. I'm not like wearing short sleeves yet. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I'll you know, whatever. And then I'll just wander off to the kitchen and <laughs> see what I can find. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the holidays treated me pretty well. Uh, also, Scott, uh, I was like you pretty vacuumish, uh, you know, just devouring everything left and right. Uh, I will say that, you know, Thanksgiving is kind of the other big eating holiday, right? And it's literally a month before Christmas. Uh, I did not have much at Thanksgiving this year because I got the flu. My oh, my older brother, who claimed he wasn't sick, was sick and got everybody in the family sick. <laughs> and I just, I couldn't eat anything for, you know, about a, a week and a half. I really didn't eat much. So I, I kind of skipped thanksgiving this year so i doubled down on christmas is that yeah does that make it okay scott you know what it makes it a little bit better you know the thing the difference between thanksgiving and christmas is thanksgiving usually is just one day maybe a day of leftovers you know but you're not gorging yourself like for two weeks that you do for christmas and i mean i i swear it is the july 4th hot dog eating contest for like 14 straight days and by the time you're done, you are just like, holy crap, what have I done to myself? I have just caused so much damage that that it's going to take a, a, a lot more than one silly New Year's resolution. It's going to take a lot of resolutions to fix what I have just caused. And that's that's kind of how I feel. That's right. Well, just remember, everybody out there, when you've got that finger pointed at someone else, there's three more pointing right back at you. So (laughs) (laughs) that is so true. So the next time you see me, I will either be on some sort of breathing apparatus because my diaphragm cannot move (laughs) what I have packed onto it, or I will be in like a headband jogging in place while we do our podcast. It's going to be one or the other. 
I'm looking forward to that. I, I'm I'm excited to see what kind of '80s aerobics gear you've got in the closet that you could break out for the for the prep cast next week. Well, uh, I did make up last week. Nothing's gonna or last time around, nothing's gonna stop me from doing a little bit of a Olivia Newton John. Let's get physical type stuff. <laughs> That's right. Well, if you want to see Scott physically, you can tune in, of course, to the IdahoSports.com Magic Valley Prepcast on our Facebook page or YouTube channel each and every week here on IdahoSports.com. Although I will admit, we're in we're in Facebook jail right now, Scott. Uh, our account got hacked actually by somebody, oh. and so we are Facebook has totally shut down our page as we're recording this. But we are in the process of appealing to get our page back. So really. If you know Mark Zuckerberg, you know, maybe do a favor for us, Scott. Well, usually Facebook jails because of something I said or Paul. <laughs> we kind of think along the same lines and they're not in line with Mr. Zuckerberg. So I thought maybe one of us said something. But uh, you know, no, we had, we had some friends from Indonesia or somewhere that decided to, to take over our accounts for the for the day. And that, yeah, it didn't end up too well. So anyways, uh, this week (laughs) video only on the Idaho sports.com YouTube channel, normally on the Facebook page as well. Audio only version of this podcast as well at Idaho sports.com or wherever you download your podcasts. All right. So we gorged ourselves on delicious food during the Christmas holiday. We also gorged ourselves on some pretty incredible basketball. There was a lot of holiday tournaments in that week between Christmas and New Year's. We had the Timberline tournament co-hosted by Bora and Timberline. You know, we saw Minico's girls go over there and compete. Uh, Parma hosted a, a little holiday tournament that Gooding uh, was at and in competing at. We had the East Idaho holiday shootout uh, that was hosted by four different schools in East Idaho. Uh, Skyline, Idaho Falls, Bonneville, and Rigby all stepped up and hosted that together. We had Mountain Home and Burley both make the trip over on the boys' side. Um, and so there was some good holiday action across the board. But to me, the biggest story in terms of Magic Valley and the team that had the most success was the Carey Boys. They went to the truckstop.com tournament in New Plymouth and won three games. Um, and they just each game they played in the opening round and then they won a semifinal and then the championship over water Springs. And I just, they just looked more and more impressive to me as the tournament went on Scott. Yeah, no, it, it was definitely an impressive showing by Kerry at uh, the truckstop.com bowl. That's what it sounds like. Sounds like, <laughs> sounds right. Like bowl, right. Did so you there is- <laughs> real quick? Did you see, there's all these different college bowls that happen. Uh, did you see there's a couple, there's like the cheese it bowl. And um, the winning coach got Cheez-Its dumped on him yeah. instead of Gatorade yeah. after the game. Yeah, I've, there was actually a couple of Cheez-It Bowls. And so that has been a big thing. And, you know, they've been really kind of pumping up what they're doing with those Cheez-Its, you know, doing slides through them. One coach just reached down and grabbed a handful and chucked them in his mouth and off he went. But it's been a nice, fun thing with the Cheez-Its. That is one thing in these bowl things that's gotten a lot of attention, but a lot of you know, fun, positive attention. But yes, I did see that. Yeah, I got no problem being dumped on by Cheez-Its. But then, but then on the other end, they had the Duke's Mayo Bowl in North in Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> I cannot stand mayonnaise, so I would be really not because the winning coach gets mayo dumped on him after the well, game. I wouldn't like mayo that way, but I mean, my gosh, it's mayo. It's 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 distant second to bacon, but 
mayo you put on a lot of stuff. And it's, and I'll tell you one of the best things you can do with mayo is, and I make my scrambled egg sandwiches every once in a while, <clears throat> toast up my bread, not butter, it's mayo on each slice of bread. And then I put the scrambled eggs in the middle and that's an egg sandwich. And that's probably why I am fat and happiest right now. <laughs> Oh, I was going to say that sounds horrifying. I yeah, just, follow me for more recipes, Brandon. I've got them. We should we, we should do a little holiday cooking show next year uh, during <laughs> oh the holidays. Goodness, we'll yeah. make our favorite dishes. But yeah, I can't stand mayo. So that leave me out of that. No way. Uh, no how. Okay. So anyways, back to the truckstop.com tournament in New Plymouth. Uh, the Kerry boys go 3-0. and They're now 12-1 and on the season. And again, very impressive showing. Yeah, no, they, they did it with defense, you know, and that's one of the things that you like to see is a team get better defensively as they go on through the, throughout their season. I mean, if you follow basketball at all, you know that, that defense is the one thing that travels. It's the constant in winning because offensively, you're going to have off nights. That's a given. Defensively, you cannot have off nights. That's why it travels. You know, and so it was good to see Kerry do it. And that's one of the first things that, um, you know, they told me was that, you know, our defense was amazing. Um, in, in fact, against Liberty Charter, they were down one with about 20 seconds to go. And uh, their defense called or caused Liberty Charter to burn their final timeout. And then they got the turnover and then scored um, with a few seconds left with about three seconds to go. And then Liberty Charter chucked up a half court shot, just about went in. But uh, that's how they got through the first one. And then, you know, the, then the defense carried over to Saturday for them where they had several shot clock violations because this was a tournament that had the shot clock in it, right? And so their defense caused several shot clock violations. And, you know, and we've had conversations about the shot clock, but I guess that's one thing you can measure your defense by too is how many shot clock violations do you get, you know? And that's something that we've not hit on. Um, that could be a measuring stick for defense in regards to a shot clock. But anyway, that was uh, something that they did. And, you know, they were up um, 35-17 at halftime and rolled. And uh, they had three players on the all-tournament team. Uh, Carson Perks was the MVP of the tournament, actually. Had 87 points and 48 rebounds uh, in, in those three games. And holy cow, it was great. Connor Simpson uh, and Colton Larna were the other two that uh, made the team all tournament team as well. And, uh, you know, they were locked down defenders, you know, for carry. And this is the third time the Panthers have won this particular tournament. So uh, it's good for them to get out and see these new teams, teams that they don't get to see in the regular tournament, yet they continue to have success at this tournament and play well. Yeah. Carry is now seven and two on the season. Their, their only two losses came way back in the first weekend of competition to Wood River at the Cary Holiday Tournament, and that is a 1A D1 punching up to the 4A level. And they only and lost close. Yeah, they only lost that game 66 to 59. That's a seven-point difference. And Wood River is a fantastic basketball team. I think that's a topic we will have to visit at some point this year is how great Wood River has been playing. They're really good this year. Um, and then their only other loss came by two to Richfield. And I know Richfield really you know, we talk about Richfield and Kerry being right there and playing each other. The, the rivalry is already there, but Carson Perks, that guy you mentioned that won the tournament, mm -hmm. he, he used to be at Richfield and he was actually the, the conference MVP as an underclassman at Richfield. 
moved into carry and now, you know, is, uh, is the bad guy for the Tigers. I, yeah. I mean, they still like him and everything, but um, so those are carries two losses and it's a phenomenal overall record. Yeah, no question about it. This is a very, very strong uh, carry team that is in a gauntlet of a conference. You know, I mean, we talk about this conference all the time. I mean, you've got six teams in that conference of 10 at 500 or better, and they haven't even started conference play yet. In fact, it kicks off tonight where you have seven and one lighthouse taking on seven and two carry. I mean, it starts tonight, you know, and then they're going to start to separate themselves because, you know, carry is a sitting right there with lighthouse at the top of this conference, seven and two lighthouse, seven and one Valley, six and one uh, Glens Ferry, six and four Castleford, five and three Murtaugh, three and three. And then everybody else is just kind of whittles their way down from there. Uh, but that's six teams that are 500 or better and conference play in this, this conference hasn't even started yet. So I'm really interested to see how this shakes out too, because there's some pretty good teams there and Kerry's one of them. Yeah. When you look at Kerry's stats, I mean, the, the, we talked about Carson perks. I mean, he is averaging Scott right now. He is averaging a double double on a nightly basis. He's averaging 26.7 points per game. That's gotta be near the top. And, and in terms of statewide, and he's averaging 13.9 rebounds per game. That's unheard of. 26 and 13 line, which is absolutely uh, amazing. And you look at, you know, and he, what he did this past weekend, it's right along the same thing. He averaged 29 points um, to go along with 16 rebounds. So he goes to this tournament and does even better a 29-16 line on average. I mean, yeah. that's that's incredible. And that means you're doing a whole lot for your basketball team. And I think the impressive thing is, are the rebounds. You know, I mean, people there, there's people that can score, and they're going to get theirs. But are they going to get in there, and they're going to mix things up? Are they going to fight for those rebounds? Are they going to be around the rim all the time? Well, this Perks kid is. You know, he can score with his back to the basket. He can score with his – front to the basket. Um, but he's also doing those other intangibles that his team needs him to do. And that's rebound the basketball. Yeah. So opponents might be looking at it going, okay, Hey, if we stop Carson perks, we, we got a good chance to win. And, you know, fans might look and go, well, carries a one man show, right? It's perks, obviously nearly 27 points per game. That's not necessarily true. Yeah. There's a big drop off between perks mm-hmm. and the next guy in terms of points per game, but the next six, players for carry scott all average between four and eight points per game so that to me says it's pretty good balance it's owen park connor simpson preston wood colton larna and chris camino and then riley Morey. they're all right there between four and eight points per game that's that's really good balance well you know one thing that that carry has is they just have athletes you know and athletes find a way you know i sometimes i as a coach i would rather have an athlete and a competitor than a basketball player, if that makes any sense, you know, because when, when things get going tough and you need somebody to do something uncomfortable or be in a role they're not used to, the athletes and competitors are the ones that step up and get it done, you know, most of the time. And, and I think Kerry is just that way. I mean, you look at these kids, we're saying the same names over and over again. Every time we talk sports at Kerry, football, basketball, you know, tiddlywinks, it doesn't matter. 
it's the same kids. And that tells you that they're athletes. And those are the kids that I'd like to have on my team. Yeah. So like you said, it all starts tonight. We're recording this on Wednesday, January 4th. They take on Lighthouse Christian. And and by the way, Carrie played last night as well. They won 60 to 52 over Camas County, which we think is a really good 1A D2 team. So mm-hmm. the wins just keep on coming for the Panthers. Um, and and this is this is the 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 stretch where they're going to be tested the most. I think you've got Lighthouse tonight, and then next Thursday at Oakley. Those are going to be two real big measuring stick type games for Kerry. We'll see. But yeah, it will. I mean, this is where you start to separate yourself a little bit in the conference and flex a little muscle because, you know, like we talk about, they can't take everybody from this conference to the tournament. So you better. You better win these conference games, and tonight for Kerry and Lighthouse, for that matter, uh, is huge. Definitely. And one last note on Kerry: you mentioned they beat Liberty Charter, fifty-one uh, fifty, really tight game at the Truck Stop Tournament. Uh, Liberty Charter is kind of the top team in one A D one hoops from District Three, so that's Kerry going against basically you know Boise's best, District Three's best in Liberty Charter, and earning a hard-fought win. So that's. That's another kind of measuring stick that Kerry and the other teams in this conference in District 4 can use uh, to say that, hey, yeah, you can go compete with the guys from District 3. No problem at state. So that's that's a good measuring stick for Kerry uh, as well. Um, you mentioned the shot clock thing, Scott. I, I know we're, we're not going to talk about the shot clock every week, but I was <laughs> at a game just before Christmas. Bishop Kelly was playing post falls, and they the officials stopped the game it had to have been four or five different times because the shot clock, you know, wasn't being reset. And so th- it was only the second home game of the year for post falls, even though it was pretty late into December. And so you get that there's some growing pains mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but yeah, th- it's something that the schools that did implement it this year are going to be a little bit ahead of the, it's going to be a little smoother next year as opposed to the schools that are doing it for the first time next year. Yeah, I mean, there, like you said, there are going to be some growing pains with this. And and that was one of the things that a lot of the commissioners in basketball were worried about was how was it going to interrupt the flow of a game? Because that is essentially another timeout that stops momentum. And it, it, depending on how that works and where it happens in a ball game, I mean, that could swing some potential momentum and, and – uh, stuff in a ball game, you know? So we're going to see it next year. You can, you bet we're going to see it all over, all over the place. And people are going to start kind of voicing their opinion about it. And it's all going to be based on the malfunctions on the restarts. That is what's going to cause the problem. I think the shot clock itself, if it worked properly the entire time, I don't think people are going to complain too much about it, but it's, it's the intangibles that are really going to screw it up. You know, the human error, forget to do it because now you got to train somebody. Uh, what about a, an equipment malfunction? I mean, those things are what's going to cause people to hate the shot clock. I don't think it's the the concept of it. Right. Anyway, and we'll get through it. I mean, just like everything, every, any other we'll change that comes in. And, yeah. Yep. Yeah, we'll sure. get through it. All right. Well, let's shift from hoops to wrestling. This is a huge weekend in the state of Idaho. You've got, uh, to me, the premier regular season tournament, the Raleigh Lane Invite. It's always held at the Idaho Center. Um, Columbia High hosts it every year, and they do a fantastic job of putting on the tournament. Um, Minico, 
is among the the teams that are going over to compete at the Raleigh Lane. And mm-hmm. then in the Magic Valley, you also have the Buell invite. And this has kind of been the premier, you know, tournament for class 3A teams, right? That's what Buell is. They're a 3A school to the point that South Fremont has been the juggernaut of 3A wrestling for a couple of years now. And originally they were going to go to Raleigh Lane and they decided to pivot and go to Buell instead this weekend, knowing that the best 3A teams will be competing in Buell. American Falls, Snake River, Buell, all going to be in Buell. So for South Fremont, they said, well, you know, going to Raleigh Lane is nice, but to us, it's more important to win the 3A state championship in a couple months. And so what better way to, to see where we're at than go wrestle the other 3A schools? So that makes sense to me. And that's going to lead us into our next topic, which is Jerome, the school you're at, Scott, one of the the highest ranked 4A teams in the state in our, in our weekly wrestling team polls we do. They're, they're second, uh, second or third just behind Minico, but it's Minico and Jerome right there at the top. Um, and Jerome just won a state championship not too long ago, but Jerome's not going to any, either one of those tournaments. They're not going to Raleigh lane. They're not going to the Buell invite. Instead, they're going to do a little mini quad with all four, a teams. Yeah. We're going to Disneyland instead, <laughs> you know? So, uh, yeah, we're not going to be Raleigh lane and we're not going to be over in Buell. Um, we are going to run a little quad up in Caldwell on Thursday with Lakeland and Caldwell and Jerome and Minico. And so it's going to be a nice little, uh, <clears throat> you know, little quad for us. And, you know, I mean, and, and we've been asked a lot, I mean, why are you not going to Raleigh lane? And well, I mean, the answer is, I mean, it's a little complicated, but the simple version of it is that tournament right there would be good for about two or three of our guys right now. We came into this season with some really good returners, but we have four kids who placed at state last year done for the year um, with injuries and whatnot. So we, we just lost a, a huge chunk. I mean, we didn't even start with them um, of our returning guys that were state placers. And so this year for at least Jerome anyway, is let's get these kids some confidence at some of these tournaments that aren't so big and daunting and overwhelming where they're just going to absolutely get drilled. Um, and so that's why this one for us this year is just wasn't in the cards. And so we got together with Caldwell and put this little quad together, which will be a little bit more beneficial for us because right now we're trying to get our, our second and third guys in that weight class to step up. And we just didn't feel that throwing them to the wolves in something like Raleigh Lane was going to be beneficial for them. So we got to gradually bring some of these kids along and they have done very, very well for us so far. I mean, um, you know, obviously with the number two ranking in the state, uh, shows a, a, a lot of what our program's doing, but you know, Minico's one, we're two, Canyon Ridge is four, and those are three great basin conference teams. And then you got Buell, the number two ranked three, a team. I tell you what, the, wrestling quality in this valley alone is absolutely insane i mean i've never seen anything like it it's we have so many good wrestling teams um in this area it's it's incredible you know when you look back it's 
you know, you look back to the, the youth wrestling that's going on here. This thing is popping down here. You know, whether it's the, the Idaho wrestling, the USA Idaho wrestling, uh, which is going on across the state. Um, but Idaho wrestling right now in the state of Idaho is good as I think it's ever been. I mean, this is truly a heyday for wrestling in Idaho, you know, and factor in what we're doing with the girls programs on side of things. Wrestling is on fire right now throughout the state of Idaho. And it's pretty cool to watch. Yeah. Wrestling, uh, one of the fastest growing sports nationwide girls wrestling is the fastest Mm -hmm. growing sport nationwide. You know, when Raleigh lane, which is obviously the coach, the tournament's named after he passed away a couple of years ago, coaching icon, he came from, uh, coaching stints in Colorado and New Mexico. And when he got to Idaho in the mid seventies, nobody cared about wrestling. Boxing was the more popular sport in terms of combat and getting close with, mm-hmm. with other competitors. And because of what he and others did in the seventies and eighties, it put wrestling on this trajectory to where not, you know, nobody even talks about boxing anymore. There is, I did see a pretty cool story on KMVT though, about a twin falls boxer. That's, made the u.s national team or whatever she's 28 29 something like that so it's been a while since she's been at school but overall wrestling far outpaces boxing now in terms of popularity of the sport and so it's because of pioneers like raleigh lane the wrestling Mm -hmm. has really taken off and so I, i like the idea of what jerome's doing here because at raleigh lane you can be done pretty quickly, right? If, yeah. if I mean, this is the creme de la creme. And so if you are a wrestler that's uh, not as skilled or experienced as some of the big juggernauts that are going to be there, um, your, your day can be over pretty quickly. And so I kind of like the idea of Jerome saying, let's get more, you know, uh, quantity versus quality. Mm-hmm. And, and not that the quad they're going to be at isn't quality, but just let's get more matches and, and a better opportunity for our guys. Yeah. And, you know, and if we could take three or, f- or four of our guys that would benefit from that and take them there and then take the others somewhere else, then, you know, we'd, we'd do that. But it's just it's just not feasible, you know. So that's why we're doing what we're doing. And the explosion of 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 wrestling, like you said, has been amazing. It's like everybody is watching Vision Quest all of a sudden and jacked about wrestling. And uh, and I'm jacked about wrestling. And I was a guy that was so I don't want to say I was anti-wrestling. I was forced to wrestle when I was in middle school um, because basketball season and wrestling season in middle school were separate. You had to do both. Well, you didn't have to, but my coaches were like, you know, you're doing both. And, and I hated every second of it. But, and so I, I kind of went on this anti-wrestling thing when I hit high school, um, thankfully, because basketball and wrestling were at the same time. And so I never grew to appreciate wrestling until my later years in high school when you know, I started to have some friends that were wrestlers and I'd go hang out with them and watch them wrestle and, and realize that, holy cow, these guys are animals. And the, the shape that you got to be in to do something like that, you know, I mean, I have fallen on the floor wrapped up in a blanket and tried to get out of that and about killed myself, (laughs) you know, I can't imagine being in just in those close quarters the, the, the endurance and stamina that you've got to go through. So I have a huge appreciation for what these athletes are doing. Um, but on the other side of that is the stuff that I love to talk about. And that's the mental side of wrestling too, because you've got nobody to point a finger at, but you, you know, and you are the only one that's going to get in your own head and tell yourself whether or not you're going to be good or not. And so I love the mental side of things. Cause you see these 
physical specimen wrestlers that don't have the mental side and they go down. But then you see the tough guys that may not have the physical ability, but my goodness, are they tough upstairs. And that's what I love about wrestling and I've really come to appreciate. And I'm glad to see it booming like it is. I really am. Yeah, we have our uh, standalone wrestling podcast we do every week, the Matt Chat Prepcast yep. uh, on IdahoSports.com. We, we did it live last night on Tuesday night. I was able to get it under the radar on Facebook until they, you know, locked us out of our account. So it was on yep. Facebook last night. You can go back and look at that. I did um, watch it today. Very good job. Yeah. So, okay. So I wanted to ask you, this is kind of an impromptu question. We didn't really talk about this in our planning for the show, but, but the question came up last night and it, and it came from, uh, a, you know, a couple of fans, but you know, a Buell fan in particular was on one particular side of this, but the question was raised, you know, this weekend, some of Idaho's best individual wrestlers aren't going to be at Raleigh lane. They're going to be at this, uh, doc B it's a national tournament where the best of the best come you know, and compete, you know, Mac Mauger is a great wrestler from Blackfoot. He's already committed to Missouri. He's only a junior. So he's still got a senior year ahead of him next year, but he's not going to Raleigh lane with the rest of his teammates. He's going to this national tournament. And, and the question was raised, you know, where, do, how do you feel about individuals leaving their teams to go to these prestigious national tournaments? And I think most of us, at idahosports.com, we're okay with it because if that raises the profile of Idaho nationwide, that's going to lift everybody in Idaho where the spotlight gets gets shown a little brighter on the state of Idaho. But there were some fans that said, you know, you can do that in the offseason. You can do that during the summer and during the spring. And in season, you know, stick with your team and, and represent your hometown. But I was just curious where you fell on that. Uh, and that's a, it's a really interesting argument, too, because – you do get that mindset that it's going to be team above everything, no matter what, you know, matter the sport, no matter the circumstance, you're going to get that. And for the most part, you know, I, I'm all about team. I'm all about camaraderie and brotherhood and all that kind of stuff. However, I, I, I do think that it is sport to sport as, as well, because I mean, if you were to take my quarterback off my football team and he goes here and my other team, the rest of them go here, no, that's not acceptable. You take my point guard and you send him this way and the rest of the team goes this. No, that is not acceptable. Wrestling might be a little different animal in that respect too because, yeah, you are getting team points, but you're going to have an opportunity for one of your teammates to go better himself and, and not necessarily – I mean, yeah, it's going to hurt the team, but it's not like taking your quarterback or point guard, Right. You know, everybody else is going to have a chance to get better. Whereas if you take your quarterback away, everybody suffers because nobody's throwing the receivers the football. Nobody's leading the way. Wrestling, like we just got done talking about, you are the only one. So you go get it done, right? Let him go do his thing to make your team better down the road when it counts. And plus, like you said, there's the other intangible. Maybe that's going to bring a little bit of spotlight and recognition to some of our Idaho athletes. Um, because there always are going to be those athletes in Idaho, you know, little tiny Idaho where we don't get that recognition that there are going to be some athletes that are just better and they need that exposure, you know, not, and it's not commonplace as it is in some other heavily populate, populated states, but everyone's wanting to get it. Let them go do it. And I have no problem with it. Yeah. I was trying to think the only other sports where I've seen that happen is like maybe track and field or cross country. 
you know, if there's a regional meet somewhere, you know, a couple of athletes might go do that on a weekend instead of going to whatever Idaho yeah. meet they're going to go to. But well, yeah, and if they're going, I mean, if they're they're leaving their team at the district tournament or the state tournament, yeah, that's something completely different. No, don't do that. But this is a in the regular season, you know, I don't think the goal of anybody going to the Raleigh Lane. I mean, yeah, they would all love to win it, but they just want to get better, and that's what it's about. And if your goal is to get better and be ready for district and state, then let him go get what he needs to make himself better, which in turn is going to make your team better. So again, no issue with that. Yeah. I think we're on the same side here for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. One last thing, and then we'll get out of here. You just mentioned, you know, small, tiny Idaho being put on the, on the national map. I got to bring up Colston Loveland, former Gooding Senator, current Michigan Wolverine. And boy, I'll tell you, did you, did you watch Michigan's, uh, semifinal game against TCU on New Year's. I did. I watched uh, um, and and watched Colston against Ohio State. You know, um, obviously anybody that's a football fan in Idaho is a closet Michigan fan uh, as well, uh, just because of the Idaho tie. And it's so fun to watch that kid be an integral part of that team. But you know, I think from, and I know you can respect this too, is that I'd love to hear what people say about him, especially broadcasters, you know, and the way that they talk about this kid is really flattering. I mean, he belongs there, you know, and it's hard to, you know, to pick a guy out of little Idaho and put him in the big 10 and make him a stud as a freshman. You just don't hear about that every day. And so it was so fun to follow his journey through his first year and uh, and watch him grow and just own the field like he's been there. Not act and play like a freshman, but make plays. And the cool thing about what I saw with Colston was the fact that they, I mean, yeah, they threw to him a lot, but the way they used him, you know, on uh, a lot of, you know, blocking schemes by bringing him inside to either, uh, you know, take out the linebacker or get to the next level and, and kind of lead the way by taking out a safe, whatever, it doesn't matter. But the way they used him was impressive because that shows his versatility. And uh, man, I, I was so excited for his success this year. That was so, so much fun to see. Yeah, he, he was used as an inline blocker. And then on one play in particular, I, I noticed because Michigan threw a pick on the play, but uh, Colston was the the furthest wide receiver out in the formation on the right side of the field. He was He was the wide guy and they were running basically a pick for him to come on a slant across the middle and uh, got kind of jammed up and then McCarthy overthrew him. But uh, yeah, it, it's really cool. And you talked about the broadcasters, you know, what, what, you know, Sean McDonough from ESPN is saying about Colston Loveland, a little behind the scenes for the fans, you know, Scott, you and I know this as broadcasters, but when you go into a game, you, you kind of plan out, okay, here's, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten different storylines big storylines that we could talk about over the course of the game. And you plan out, you know, what those storylines are going to be. But the thing is, is that we do, you know, 95, we do all this prep and we use about 10% of it during the game because there's not enough time to (laughs) weave in every story. So I I noticed at one point it was like midway through the second quarter and the play had, had gotten over and they actually took time to talk about, Hey, this is Colson Loveland. He's a, True freshman tight end from Gooding, Idaho, small town. Jim Harbaugh came out to visit him and did a workout with him at the school. Like they took the time on a broadcast where they could have talked about 
50 different players. They took the time to talk about Colson in that moment. And that to me showed that this is making an impact because not every player is going to get their story told over the course of a broadcast, but Colston happened to in the biggest game. No, and I think that's a, a fantastic point too, because they could have talked about anybody on that team. They chose Colston to talk about. Now, whether that's the small town story line from Gooding to Ann Arbor, whatever, I mean, whatever it is, they wouldn't do it unless they felt that this kid was going to be something. And, you know, if he continues down this path, I mean, he is going to be a big time college football player and wouldn't be a bit surprised if we see him at the next level. If he continues the growth that he's having, obviously there's a lot that has to happen between now and then, but uh, right now, boy, what a, what a great first year for the kid. Yeah. We're, we're so proud of Colston Loveland and, and, and all of our Idaho athletes that are doing great yeah, things of course. At, at the college level. You know, that was just front of mind because he just played in a new year's. Mm -hmm. Eve bowl game. So, um, all right, well, that'll do it for, uh, the first, uh, magic Valley prep cast of 2023. Scott, we're, we're off and running here in the new year. Yes, we are. Boy, we are. I'm, you know what? The camera adds about 10 pounds. I just noticed <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking, see, I always look away because I've got my screen right here that kind of gives me the bigger picture. Um, I've got the camera I'm looking at here and I'm looking at that going, Oh my gosh yeah monday it is we're starting Off I, didn't get, I don't know what monday it is but <laughs> monday we're starting it's gonna be a monday off and running the keyword there running so often right. lollygagging often meandering sashaying perhaps i don't know there's gonna be a lot of running to start with <laughs> right for sure well thanks to everybody for tuning into the magic valley prepcast Enjoy the competitions uh, this week and this weekend, and we'll see you back here next time for another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com.